This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Today's episode of Money Diaries is brought to you by Intuit, proud makers of TurboTax, QuickBooks, and Mint. It doesn't matter if you're self-employed, thinking about starting a side hustle, or just trying to get the most out of your money. Intuit has tools that help you achieve prosperity, whatever that means for you. Easy-to-navigate software like QuickBooks, TurboTax, and Mint help you take control of your finances so you can prosper. Learn more at Intuit.com. Intuit, powering prosperity. So, Lindsay, I have a surprise for you. Yeah? Oh, here it is. I was just building up the tension by shuffling my papers around. Okay. I'm, I'm like, really scared. Like, I'm really nervous Lindsay just held her breath. I did. I actually did hold my breath. I heard it. I heard it. So our diaries from our last episode, you know, the one about friendship and FOMO, she sent us an email. She said we gave her a lot to think about, and she actually sat down and she spoke with her husband. She mentioned going on a trip without him, and at first he rolled his eyes, and then two seconds later he said, actually, maybe you should. That's so nice. That's so nice. Sounds like she's going to go somewhere warm. I was worried she's going to say she's coming to New York to stay with me. (laughs) That's really awesome. I'm really excited for her. You're listening to Money Diaries, the podcast. I'm Lindsay Stanberry. And I'm Paco DeLeon. And on this show, people call in to talk about all the weird issues they're having with money. Today, we're talking about the insane choice of starting a business. So, uh, Paco, one of the favorite parts of my job is talking to all these women who are starting these businesses. Just being badasses. It's so intimidating. I'm like, how do you do it? (laughs) You're like, I want to be like you when I grow up, right? Yeah. And this is definitely your like wheelhouse. What are the biggest mistakes that you typically see? I would say tied for number one and two are commingling your business and your personal finances. Just uh, opaque nightmare trash pile. You mean you can't write everything off on your taxes? <laughs> uh, disclaimer, I'm not an accountant. I just know enough to be dangerous to myself <laughs> and others, but one should not conduct themselves in that manner. And then the other one is assuming that people are going to pay for the thing that you're making without really understanding who you're serving, how that business model works, like how you're going to make money, you know, like the real business part of business. The real The numbers thing? Exactly, exactly. It's kind of like the scientific method, you know? You have a hypothesis, then you go and you test it, and then sometimes the data says, sorry, dude, nobody wants that. And sometimes the data's like, oh, cool, we all want that. Here's money. So can anybody be an entrepreneur? I don't... (sighs) Come on, let's crush some dreams. I'm not a big fan of, like, the follow-your-passion ideology. At the end of the day, it's going to become a job. Elizabeth Gilbert talks about it in her book, Big Magic. She's like, she quotes somebody else, so this is, like, major telephone. But it's like, no matter what, life is going to serve you a crap sandwich. So just choose the crap sandwich that you want, you know? And some people are just not cut out for the entrepreneurial crap sandwich. So today's guest is Alicia Ramos, who runs this really awesome newsletter called Girls Night In. Um, That's all about self-care. She left a really high-paying job making six figures and then was like making no money. Hey, Alicia, how are you today? 
Hey, Lindsay. I'm good. Why don't you start by telling us about Girls' Night In? Girls' Night In launched in the end of January 2017. Uh, Our main product right now is a weekly newsletter that goes out every Friday morning. And our mission at Girls' Night In is to help women relax, recharge, and build more meaningful community in an overwhelming world. It is a really overwhelming world. Can we talk a little bit about how you came up with the idea for GNI in the first place? At that time, I was uh, in, in my late 20s. I think socially, I was starting to get really tired of the going out scene. It lost its glamour, huh? It lost its glamour. Like once upon a time, I loved partying till, you know, like two, three, whatever. Um, but by my late 20s, I was like, I just I need to be home by like 9 p.m. <laughs> and in bed by like 10 p.m. <laughs> um, I thought maybe there are other people out there who feel this way. I would love to build a brand around this general ethos of like staying in. So I came up with the name Girls Night In and wrote a newsletter. Like 300 people subscribed. Uh, we just kept going from there. I think that your story is really fascinating. You left like a really well-paying, comfortable job to do it. I had been working in technology for a little over five years. My salary at that time was $142,000 a year. Quitting and leaving behind this really comfortable, high-paying job uh, was incredibly anxiety-inducing. Yeah, I can imagine. Have you always been a risk taker? Since I was little, I always had entrepreneurial tendencies and would try to come up with little side schemes and hustles. (laughs) All right, so... What are the hustles? We got to know. So the one that comes to mind is in elementary school. Do you guys remember Beanie Babies? Of course, yeah. I really love Beanie Babies. All my friends were buying them. Even my teachers were buying them. My parents, however, did not love my Beanie Baby obsession and (laughs) couldn't buy me uh, as many Beanie Babies as I wanted. And so in first grade, I went to a couple of my friends and said, hey, wouldn't it be cool if... We created a pool of money where we each put in like a dollar or two and we all bought a Beanie Baby to share. And so one day I came home from school. My backpack was full of one dollar bills and like little Ziploc bags of coins for my friends. And my my mom found it and basically was like, this is not legal. Please return this to your friends. This is basically a fund. Where everyone, there's an upside. We're pulling our money together. That's brilliant. <laughs> so you didn't get the Beanie Baby in the end? I didn't. But I think That's I so think my sad. parents bought me one that Christmas because they felt so bad. You're not lying when you said you're entrepreneurial from the get-go. What was your relationship with money growing up? Growing up, my parents had issues with their finances. A lot of it was because of debt. Both my parents are first-generation immigrants from Korea and the Dominican Republic, you know, their whole lives, they haven't made a lot of money. And so I knew going in that if I quit my job, like I would have to be responsible for me and I can't rely on my parents to help me or anyone else really. Yeah. How did your parents react when you told them you're quitting your job? My family was worried to death. My parents were like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you're leaving your like tech job to to like i don't I mean, know right i don't know what you're doing <laughs> you know they're like we came to this country so you could do the thing that you're doing kid right and now you're like yeah oh, I'm good i'm gonna i'm gonna try something else but to their credit like so they were ultimately like very supportive but also like maybe behind my back like oh my god i'm so nervous <laughs> for alicia <laughs> were you nervous when you decided to make that leap wasn't it scary 
going into that was very difficult and scary. I went from making 140 something thousand dollars to nothing, basically nothing. I had about $20,000 in savings uh, to my name. But ultimately, I made the decision to quit because around the time that I did quit, Girls Night In, the newsletter was really taking off. How much were you making through Girls Night In? When I quit my full-time job, Girls Night In was making between 1000 to 2500 per month. My rent was $1,500 a month. Was it scary that you that some months you were bringing in $1,500 and that was your rent? <laughs> yes, absolutely. With the business income, it just didn't make sense some months. So what I ended up doing was putting a lot of my living expenses on my credit card um, and, and even some of the larger like business expenses, like uh, lawyer attorney fees on, on my credit card as well. So racked up between ten to $15,000 in debt. What kind of big expenses are we talking about? Ooh. <laughs> the two biggest expenses for Girls Night In when we first started uh, were one, lawyer fees. And the second really big purchase or expense was investment into the brand. So our logo, our color palette, etc. Can I ask you how much? Yeah, so for branding, uh, it was less than 10000 And for legal fees, gosh, it, that was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. It was less than 10K in our first year. But to give you an idea, lawyers typically charge like $400 an hour. How did that make you feel when you, when you saw what the balances were? To go from, I always pay my balance to, yeah. oops. Yeah, it was really hard. It really took an emotional toll on me. I felt like I was I wasn't doing the right thing. I had a lot of guilt. I had a lot of mm -hmm. shame. I had a lot of embarrassment. Can you explain maybe why you felt embarrassed? Is it like you were, like you were kind of failing in a way? Yeah, it did. It did feel like I was failing and it's it tied back to the business too. Like part of me was saying, "Why why can't I figure out how to grow our business revenue more rapidly. Like, what am I doing right. wrong? You know, 2018 was incredibly difficult for me, just readjusting to that. Like, I had to decrease my spending on basically everything. Mm. Things like haircuts. Like, I have very high maintenance hair. I have curly hair, actually. Uh, but even the haircut was now a really big expense that I had to muster up the courage to wow. do. Did you ever feel like this is not worth it? I want my six-figure job back. Yes, absolutely. I remember an incredibly low point. I think it was April 2018, like around that time. I was working like a dog. I wasn't practicing the self-care that I was preaching. Uh, I wasn't making any money. My debt was skyrocketing. And I thought to myself, I might just not do this anymore. I remember breaking down into tears uh, out of anxiety. I was like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm doing. It's so easy to laugh about it now, right? It is so easy. <laughs> but when you're in, when you're in it, it's so difficult. I was really at like rock bottom. Wow. After the break, how she decided to stick with it and what she needs help with now. I have a friend getting married this year, and I found myself overspending on her wedding from the minute she asked me to be a bridesmaid. I spent $75 on our celebratory ramen lunch. Let's not even get started on the cost of the bridesmaid's dress, the bachelorette party, the bridal shower, the hotel. The list goes on. 
Let's take a moment to talk about your financial goals. It doesn't matter if you run your own business or just trying to get the most out of your money. Intuit's products help you effortlessly manage your finances so you can plan for your future. Learn more at Intuit.com. Intuit, powering prosperity. So Alicia, we're just talking about you hitting your low points. What made you decide to hold on for dear life and keep going between that and like walking away from Girls Night In? I did a lot of reflecting around that time. I could not imagine going back to a full-time job. I think that was the like first and foremost thing. And then the second is just by nature, I'm classic Capricorn. I hate quitting. I'm not a quitter. <laughs> I, I knew that at that point, what I really needed was like a mental and physical reset. So I do remember taking a step back physically and not working from like nine wow. to 1 a.m. <laughs> and really like making an effort to practice self-care and stepping away from my desk and not looking at my screen forever. One of the things that I really love about the newsletter is that I think I feel in many ways that we've been following along with your your journey, how you've learned different methods of self-care as you've kind of become and grown as a small business owner. I remember one newsletter you sent where you were talking about just like taking a break and taking a walk. Yeah. So I had to do a little bit of a work style adjustment to just take care of myself. Were you living alone, Alicia? No, uh, I've been living with my boyfriend for the past uh, couple of years. So once I quit my job, we had to have a discussion about the rent split. We ended up coming to the conclusion that I, I could like reduce my rent um, by about like 100 or $200 and he would help cover the rest uh, now that our salaries were so uh, different. So I said, uh, you know, once I have a salary, like a real salary, uh, I would like to start splitting it evenly down the middle again. So that's what we're doing now. So you're taking a salary these days? Yes, I, st I took my first ever paycheck in November 2018. Did it feel good? Oh my God, it's it feels amazing. Then happy to report that uh, next month, all the debt on my credit card will be paid off. That's awesome. How did you go from, oh crap, I have this debt to, okay, now I'm taking a salary. What changed within the business? It was a little bit of everything. Our subscribers were growing. We're well over 100,000 subscribers. Uh, our revenue was increasing significantly. It, when you compare 2017 to 2018, our revenue grew uh, like between 6 wow. to 10x. So the revenue of the company itself was enough uh, for me to say, okay, I can take a salary. Alicia, you are a badass for sure. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Paco. It sounds like you're doing really well. Do you have any questions for us? Uh, so I currently don't have someone overseeing our finances full time at Girls Night In. So what can I do as the owner of a business regularly to make sure that our financial planning and analysis is on track? My favorite thing right now, my advice du jour is weekly finance time. That's like the number Ooh. one thing. Like open up your calendar app right now. People who are listening, find like a time on your calendar, 30 minutes to an hour a week, keep it sacred and just show up for yourself. That's step one. Show up. Keep showing up. Step two is like, okay, now I'm here for myself. What the hell do I do? QuickBooks is a great resource. It's, it's my favorite resource for understanding how your finances are doing. There's a couple of different platforms. 
The first platform is this platform called QuickBooks Self-Employed, QBSE. That's for people who don't need to have a crazy categorization of their expenses. Uh, the other platform is just QuickBooks Online. It's super robust. I mean, like they're the Cadillacs or the Teslas of bookkeeping software. You know, you just go in every week, look at your QuickBooks, categories your transactions, look at how much money you made. So just understand where you're, you know, how far are you from that goal? Did you exceed it? Are you on target? Et cetera, et cetera. Awesome. I love that weekly finance time. It sounds like such a cozy time to like make yourself some tea. And I have one more thing to add to that, actually. You should run your financial reports. There's the two main players for a lot of small businesses. The first player is the profit and loss, a.k.a. the P&L, a.k.a. the income report. And that's basically going to show you how much revenue has come in and how much have you spent in terms of expenses. The other main player is the balance sheet. It's a classic accounting equation that we all know and love, which is assets minus liabilities equals owner's equity. Wait, say that again, Paco. Slower. <laughs> Slower for those Sorry. among us who are not familiar with these terms. So assets minus liabilities equals owner's equity. And that's just my super dorky way of letting you all know what is on the balance sheet. And the thing that you're really looking at is, hey, how much cash do I have or assets? So if you are a jewelry designer or a jewelry maker, how much jewelry do I have on hand? And then how much liabilities you have? Like, okay, what do I owe to my vendors? What do I owe in terms of sales tax? Or how much do I owe my credit card or my small business loan? And you recommend anyone who has a small business, even if it's just a small business of one, to be doing this? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to be real harsh if you allow me to be real harsh for a second. Yeah, do it, you know. (laughs) Um, If you're not looking at those numbers, you're totally playing business. You're not in business. And until you can, like, look at those numbers and have a full grasp uh, on how your business is doing, you might just have a very expensive hobby. And it's good to find that out right away. I love the tough love. (laughs) Yes, I I totally understand. And one thing I definitely want to do this year is be a little more open and transparent about how things are behind the scenes. People don't hear about those low points as much. It's a long, hard slog. It's going to impact your emotions and and mentality and your finances, and you have to prepare for that. So, But thank you for following my journey. That was Alicia Ramos. Check out her newsletter at girlsnightinclub.com. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to hear more about Alicia's story and Girls Night In, head over to refinery29.com slash money dash diary. And if you liked this episode, please go to wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe. While you're at it, rate us and leave a nice comment to let us know what you think. Nice comment. This episode was produced by Anna Lauren Tufekji. Jay Brunson, and Jessica Chow, who once spent $275 on a meal all for herself. It was her birthday. Our editor was Alvaro Ceballos. Our head of post-production is Stacey Scripter. And we recorded at Argo Studios with Paul Ruest. Treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their Golden Glow body set includes three clinically proven bestsellers for smooth, glowing skin, while the Glow & Go facial set provides spa-level results at home. Both sets come in giftable boxes with savings up to $48 and free shipping for a limited time. For 10% off your first order site-wide, go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM.